This is Bridging the Gap with Love, Episode 4, Common Misconceptions, Part 1. I'm Heidi Brower, a birth mom. And I'm Jessica Johns, an adoptive mom. And this is a podcast about our own stories and experiences with adoption, while hoping to provide education and support for birth moms, potential birth moms, and anyone with a connection to adoption. Hi guys, welcome to our episode today. Today we will be covering some common misconceptions that have to do with birth mothers. There are a lot of myths and misunderstandings out there about birth mothers. And so in today's episode, we are hoping to be able to help put some of those misconceptions and myths to rest. We felt it was appropriate for me to answer as a birth mom about the birth mom misconceptions. And in the next episode, Jessica will talk about misconceptions that has to do with adoptive parents. So she will be the one that will be talking about that in the next episode. So let's get started. There are seven common misconceptions that I'm going to be talking about today. Number one, choosing to place your child for adoption is the easy way out. Now I'm going to be honest. This is something that I also wondered before I found myself in this situation. I was actually a a freshman at BYU-Idaho in an English class, and I kind of feel like this is one of those at the right place at the right time kind of moments. We had to write a paper. I can't even tell you what the paper was supposed to be written on, but my classmate wrote her paper about a friend who had just placed her baby for adoption. After her presentation, I raised my hand and asked this question. Do you think that giving your baby to somebody else to raise is the easy way out? I will never forget the way that she looked at me dead in the eyes and said, it is absolutely not. Placing your baby for adoption is one of the hardest things that women ever have to go through. Now being on this side of it, I couldn't agree more. It is a very difficult choice to place one's baby for adoption. One that comes from a great amount of love and the hope that your child will have a bright future someday. An adoption journey can be transformative and extremely difficult even if it's the right choice for the birth mother and her child. The idea that adoption is the easy way out is a dangerous line of thought that could lead the birth mother feeling forced into raising her child when she does not have the means to. Adoption is a completely valid and often wise choice that can lead to better outcomes for everyone involved. When a birth mother places her child for adoption, it doesn't make her a bad or a weak person. In fact, it's quite the contrary. Every birth mom that I know is strong and brave and hopeful for making such a tough choice for her and her child. Number two, birth mothers don't want their babies. I have never met a birth mom who didn't want her baby. I've only met birth moms who wanted what was the very best for their child. I chose to place Alex for adoption because I wanted her to have a mom and a dad. And marrying her birth father was not a healthy option for us. It was an option, just not a healthy one for any of us. In episode two, I talk about walking down that hall, knowing that it would be the last time that I saw and held my baby. I knew that once I placed her in her new mom's arms, that my heart would be completely shattered. And it was. I walked out of that room and collapsed into my dad's arms and just sobbed, knowing that I may never see her again. I found this quote, and I firmly believe that it represents the majority of birth mothers. Quote, had I loved him any less, one ounce less, he would be with me now. My love for him was the only thing that could enable me to break my own heart. I have found this to be so true. I absolutely wanted Alex. It was not because I didn't want her. 
it was because I loved her so very much and I wanted what was best for her. One of the main reasons why birth parents choose adoption is because they are unable to provide fully for their child in numerous ways. Without knowing the full story, it is unfair to assume that the child was simply unwanted. That way of thinking can also be very dangerous for the child that was adopted. Number three, a birth mother will move on or get over placing a baby for adoption. I think early on, this is what people actually thought, including professionals. When I placed, the policy was much different than it is now. We had a semi-closed adoption. That meant that we knew each other's first names and the state that we lived in, but that was pretty much it. There was kind of this unwritten agreement, kind of this policy that was put in place by the agency at the time. And it was for the first six weeks, I would receive a letter and pictures and I would send them a letter. And then after six weeks, it would go to every month. And then every month up until a year old. And after a year old, it would go to two years and then three years old. And then kind of at that three-year mark, they just expected everybody to move on with their lives. They had hoped that by this time, the birth mom would have maybe been to college, maybe started her own family, whatever it was. And then the adoptive couple is raising their baby. And everybody was just kind of supposed to move on to this happy little life. Now, time does heal and things do get easier but it does not erase love, memory, or the fact that a part of you is out in the world somewhere living without you. I remember early on in my marriage, uh, my husband, Jared, asked if I really thought about Alex every single day. And he wasn't doing it in a rude way. It was more of just out of curiosity. And I said, absolutely, I think about her every single day of my life. And it could just be little things, little things like, I wonder what she's doing today. I wonder if she's liking kindergarten. I wonder if she is making friends. I wonder what she likes to do. I would often see the color purple and purple is the birthstone color of February. So I would often think about her whenever I would see a color, the color purple. And if I ever saw the number 11, I would also think about her because she was born on the 11th. Just little things like that every single day that reminded me of her. I think another myth that kind of goes along with this is that If a birth mother has a really good relationship with their birth child, that they don't miss them or that they don't feel sadness on certain holidays. I will tell you that birthdays, birth mother's day and mother's day are some of the hardest holidays to be a birth mom, even if it's 20 years down the road. So if you know a birth mom, and especially if you know her birth child's birthday, that's even an added bonus, but celebrate with them, text them, Ask them how they would like to celebrate or if they just need somebody to be with them that day. Little things like texts or cards or cupcakes goes a really long way to help a birth mother feel loved and supported. Despite all of these feelings of grief and pain, there are still so many birth mothers who know that they made the right decision. And amongst that sadness and grief and pain, there is still happiness and joy knowing that they made the right decision and that their baby is happy and living and thriving. Number four, if you choose to place, you will never see your child again. Now this is different for every adoption situation. Many times this is talked about and agreed upon before placement uh, and with an understanding that things can change. I knew and hoped that when Alex turned 21 that I would get to see her again because I hoped that she would want to know me. In the state of Utah, the age was 21 at that time. I don't know what it is now, but that's what it was 20 years ago. That's when the agency would release my information and her information as long as it was mutually agreed upon by both parties. 
I placed under that assumption. And thankfully, as time went on, we had built a relationship. I was able to see her at the age of five and then again, or and then at 13 and every year after that. I have been patient, you guys. I have worked on my communication with her parents and I always let the ball be in their court per se because they knew what was best for Alex. I knew that if they didn't think it was a good time for Alex to see me, then I would have just had to have been okay with it. Nowadays, things can be much more open if both sides are wanting that. I still really encourage good communication and honesty all around to see how people's needs can be met in a healthy way. This includes what is best for the child. Number five, adoption should be kept a secret. I look at this in a couple different ways. One in regards to me being a birth mom or somebody else being a birth mom and them wanting to keep that a secret from the outside world. And I'm going to be honest, for the first five years of her life, I did not tell a whole lot of people that I had had a baby and placed her for adoption. I just honestly didn't want the judgments. I didn't want people's opinions because it was kind of already a done deal. And I didn't really want all of the questions. I once had a bishop tell me that I was in emotional ICU. And I really loved that analogy. He told me that because I was in emotional ICU, that I really needed to be careful about who I let in and out to come and see me. Metaphorically, I understood that it wasn't everybody's job to know all of my story at that time in my life. I was still very, very raw and felt a lot of emotions, and it just wasn't appropriate to share everything about me with everybody that I came in contact with. As time went on, I did feel more comfortable and open to let people know. In fact, on Birth Mother's Day, right after Alex turned five years old, I kind of came out to the blog world. At that time, blogs were super popular, and I just felt like I needed to let this part of my life be shown. I had already had two kids, and I just really felt like it was an appropriate time. When I hit publish, I was scared to death of what was going to come. But within 24 hours, I had received so much love and support and people opening up to me about some of their stories. And it was just be it just became this beautiful thing where because I shared and was vulnerable, I had other people start sharing and were vulnerable to me with things that they were going through. And now I strongly encourage people to open up and be vulnerable with each other because that's where we really start to learn that we are more alike than we are different. And everybody is going through something really difficult, even if it's not the exact same thing. Now, when it comes to your own children knowing, this was always a subject that I knew would be just a part of our lives. As my children started growing up, they just knew that Alex was Alex. I had pictures of her up in our home. I talked about her to what was appropriate for their age. I remember uh, when Alex was going to turn 10, uh, Kennedy got to help pick out her birthday gift for her that year. And that was a really special thing. Kennedy got to meet Alex when she was in third grade. And I remember when Kennedy went back to school, her teacher called me up and she said, hey, I just want to let you know that Kennedy told us that she got to meet her sister this last summer. And that is so neat. She really loved talking about her. So it just kind of always felt natural. My kids may not fully understand, especially the younger boys, but they do know that they have a half sister and she's out there and she is very much a part of our family when we do get to see her. I think it's really beautiful and it's a really healthy way to approach that subject instead of them finding out later that their mom had a baby and placed her for adoption. It just gets rid of all of the the hurt and the mistrust that can come with that. 
I found this quote that I really liked, and I don't know who said it, but it was really good. It says, trust can't live in the same place as secrets and lies. And I've always wanted my home to be a place where my children can feel safe and heard and trusted. And so I felt that that just always needed to be a part of our story. Number six, birth parents can show up to take back their child at any time. When people imagine the journey a birth mother goes through, many will picture the moment the doctor asks the birth mother if she'd like to hold her baby. She'll say yes, look into her baby's eyes, filled with regret, and refuse to relinquish her child. Or worse, she'll fight to get her child back after she's signed the papers. As a people, you guys, we love good emotional dramatic stories, but this scenario is very rare. A birth mother often She's had her whole pregnancy to come to terms with what she wants. She's had support groups, adoption specialists, and her own mind to decide what's best for her and her child. Usually once a birth mother has decided on adoption and has chosen an adoptive family for her child, her decision is pretty set in stone, even if natural emotions of grief come with her choice. This is why I also really believe that placing your baby for adoption should be 100% the decision of the mother. There is empowerment that comes with making your own decision, even if it's placing, single parenting, getting married, because there's nobody else for you to blame. I am so grateful that my parents gave me the decision 100% on my own. I remember them telling me, if you choose to marry, if you choose to single parent, or if you choose to place for adoption, we are absolutely 100% on board with you. And that made me feel like my parents trusted me to make a good decision, to make the best decision. And therefore, when I did make the decision to place Alex for adoption, I knew that it was my choice and it was the very best decision I could make for her. Now, there's a lot of different states with different legalities and -and so-and-so about signing papers and all of that stuff. And that really varies from state to state. So that's not really something that I want to get into. But just know that usually when a birth mother has made her decision to place her baby, it's because she's gone through all of the pros and cons and she knows that it's what's best for that baby. And she has even thought about what would happen if I changed my mind. So once things are done and papers are signed and all of that, it's really not possible for the birth mother to change her mind once the legal action has been taken. Number seven, birth mothers are teen girls with substance abuse issues. Okay, I kind of want to break this one up into two parts. Uh, the first one is that birth mothers birth mothers are all teen moms. Okay, while many teenagers find themselves in the midst of an unplanned pregnancy, it is not the case for every single woman. I have known women from ages 14 all the way up until their late 30s who have chosen to place their baby for adoption. Adoption is never a one-size-fits-all scenario, so no, it's not all teenagers. It really could be adults who very well could have single-parented who have just decided that it's not the best option for them or their baby. Now, birth mothers are girls or women with substance abuse issues. While this can happen, again, it's not a one-size-fits-all, so not every birth mother is going to be a substance abuser. But I think it's important to recognize that even when there is substance abuse issues, these are still such strong women who made the decision for their baby because it is what was best for them. Their decision was still difficult and they still made the sacrifice for their child. And they should be honored just like birth moms who haven't used substances. Really, the bottom line is adoption is never a one size fits all scenario. 
Each birth mother is her own person who comes to decide on adoption for her own individual reasons. These myths about birth mothers are easily debunked once you come to understand a birth mother's choice. I hope that if there is a birth mother that you know, that you ask her questions. Ask her to tell her story to you. You will find that they really want to talk about this. And you might find some that don't, and that's okay too. It is so important to talk about these things so that we can help share the truth about birth mothers. They are amazing, incredible, wonderful women who absolutely want their babies, who want what's best for them, who doesn't decide to just change their mind and come try and find you three years down the road. They are some of the strongest women that we know. If you start asking them questions and ask them to share their story, I guarantee you they'll start to open up to you and they'll probably even show you a couple pictures because we're some proud birth mamas. If you have more questions about birth moms or adoption, you can email us at bridgingthegapwithlove22 at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening.